Hello, I'm Niall Easton, and this is Fully Involved, a Unified Fire podcast. On today's episode, we've brought in Chief Brad Larson from Fire Prevention. How you doing, Chief? Great. Thanks, Niall. Awesome. And you brought a couple guests. Yes, uh, I did. I brought Stuart Gray, who's one of our staff captains. Uh, he's uh, over plans uh, review that come in from the engineers and architects and uh, helping the uh, inspectors as they go out in the field. And uh, Deputy Fire Marshal Dan DeVogue. Well, they're both Deputy Fire Marshals. Um, and uh, he's over code enforcement, uh, heading up our Survey 123 program. And uh, uh, really glad to have them here. They, uh, they're great individuals. I'm really happy to work with them. Well, welcome, guys. Um, let's just start at the very beginning for those that maybe are not familiar with, whether they're in the department or listening from outside the department. What is fire prevention? How many people do you have? And what are the main responsibilities you guys uh, focus on? Sure. Uh, we have uh, nine individuals uh, in fire prevention, including our deputy fire marshals, myself and two uh, staff members. And uh, we're responsible uh, for a lot of the uh, construction that goes on in each of our nine uh, is it nine cities, uh, townships, uh, all our areas in UFA. 15. Are we? Yeah. Well, I'm behind the times. So. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, we're responsible for all the new projects and construction that go on as far as uh, making sure that they're code compliant, that they meet the fire code. Uh, it gets very technical and uh, takes a lot of technical expertise for our individuals. We're also responsible for helping them with the business licensing um, uh, any other kind of complaints or inspection activities that happen in those areas. So, I mean, we've got some communities that are just exploding, um, like Harriman's growing quickly. Eagle Mountain is growing unbelievably quickly. Do you have to look at the plan sets for all these things or w what does reviewing entail? Um, yeah, we are responsible for all of those. Um, and is that commercial and like uh, just home? Residential development. Uh, yeah. For that, it's it's a lot of site plan reviews and checking the fire department access and the hydrant placement to make sure our guys can get where they need to go. Uh, the commercial, it also entails that, but it's a little bit more um, uh, complicated because of the fire suppression or sprinkler plans that come in, uh, the fire alarm plans. Stuart takes care of a lot of that, and uh, maybe he could kind of briefly explain Stuart, how long have you been process. doing it? How long I've, I've been in fire prevention for 17 years. Um, as far as the process, we get plans uh, submitted by uh, architects or engineers or fire sprinkler designers, fire alarm designers. And then I uh, review them for compliance with the applicable NFPA standard. Well, so... Are you working directly like with builders, architects, all of the above, or just yes, cities and the I'll, permitting process? Um, I primarily deal, deal with architects and engineers. I don't uh, deal with the city end as much. Generally, if I'm doing something with the city, it's a technical issue. So I, I deal more with the technical side of uh, what we do in prevention. So just how hard is that when you're, you get a, a plan set or something to look at and you know it's not right? I mean, are, are are people pretty receptive to the change or is it sometimes difficult for you? Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty receptive. Um, you know, generally if, if they can't prove it, they need to do it. 
Um, and that's kind of the way we go. As the AHJ, we have the authority to make them, you know, change their plans. But most most of the people who bid in our areas uh, know what we expect, and we don't get crappy plans very often anymore. So, I mean, essentially, all three of you were trained firefighters originally, right? Yes. Now you're in the other side of the coin where you're trying to just stop them from happening in the first place, right? Yep. Okay. Well, I'm just curious. So this last year with COVID year, it's been, we've had a lot of different divisions in and every division had their own unique challenges presented from COVID. Maybe walk through what you guys were dealing with a little bit. What was, what, what made the last year harder than a normal year? Well, uh, I can speak a little bit to that. If you guys have something, just chime on in any time. But <clears throat> it was a very challenging year. And surprisingly, our inspection and plan review numbers were up from last year, from the previous year. Oh, despite the pandemic. Despite, despite the pandemic. There were one or two construction sites I know of that shut down for a period of time, but the rest of them kept going. And, <clears throat> of course, that presented a little bit of a challenge, but um, – one of the bigger challenges we had was a lot of the institutional occupancies, the adult uh, daycare, the memory care, uh, the nursing home facilities, those type of places. Um, we we uh, did uh, virtual inspections on a lot of those. In other words, we didn't actually go into the facility. Um, we uh, used uh, cell phones and, and video to follow them through and ask them questions. We would email reports back and forth, trying to avoid as little contact as possible. So how hard was that? I mean, that sounds pretty rough, especially probably when you first started trying to do it that way. Was it pretty rough? Yeah, it was kind of a, a standard around the country. Uh, of course, we communicate a lot with our colleagues and right. uh, the NFPA had some guidelines for that. Uh, the Fire Marshals Association of Utah, there were a lot of uh, fire marshals who were doing the same thing. And we collaborated, talked. Uh, but our staff, uh, they were pretty innovative and got things done. Um, it, it made it more challenging because it was a bit more work yeah. uh, going back and forth. A lot of Zoom meetings. Yeah, a lot of Zoom meetings. Well, as we hopefully are coming out of it, were there lessons learned that you apply now going forward? Like, did it change any of your processes that you'll probably keep or improve anything? Or is it just a matter of can't wait to get back to normal? I can't wait to get back to normal. I don't know how. I don't even know what normal is anymore, to be honest with you. So yeah. I'm a fan of the Zoom meeting. I think that's great. Yeah, that's one great thing I think that came out of this is uh, – uh, that type of uh, being able to Zoom or uh, FaceTime or things like that sometimes can help us be more efficient. So we took some good things out of it. Oh, that's great. Well, let's talk about going forward. So you've had to, all the divisions are going through their budgeting process. What are some of the things you guys are looking at doing this next year? Um. Well, of course, uh, we we asked for another inspector because of the increased workload. Every year for the past four or five years, uh, our numbers have increased. And uh, <clears throat> it's put a lot of pressure 
on our staff. Uh, each of them have two or three cities assigned to them. And to try and keep up with the uh, construction workload and everything else, Niall, it's just, it's been a real challenge. And uh, we've used a, an NFPA calculation on the number of inspections per day we should be able to do and maintain quality. And we're above that right now. And so an, another inspector we're hoping will uh, take that pressure off a little bit. Um, of course, that's been uh, delayed. It hasn't been approved, but uh, we're hoping that it goes through. And uh, <clears throat> the other thing we're looking at uh, towards the future um, is a uh, community risk reduction specialist uh, to be on our staff. Uh, this individual, um, and we've looked uh, at departments around the country, uh, similar size as us. This is a great program because this individual uh, has enough fire safety and code knowledge that they can look at all the data that's coming in, like the, the types of fires that we're getting, what types of occupancies they're occurring in most frequently. Um, uh, they can analyze this data and maybe target a certain demographic group or a certain occupancy. Uh, for example, right now in, in UFA, um, except for single-family homes, we have more fires in apartment buildings than any other occupancy. And so that's something that this community risk reduction specialist could work with your team and work with uh, uh, our special um, enforcement team and uh, help zero in and look at things we can do to help reduce a fire or risk in those types of occupancies or communities. So are you seeing a trend in, uh, in our cities towards um, increases in, in apartment fires? No, it's, it's been pretty consistent um, throughout, uh, oh gosh, I went back five, six years. And the numbers every year um, vary from like 10 up to 16 or 17. And of course, the, uh, the uh, seriousness of those fires or the amount of damage varies also. But uh, it's pretty consistent in those numbers through the last five or six years. Hmm. Of course, the big problem, um, there's many problems with apartment fires, but we like, we just had one this last weekend. Um, and it's, you know, if you get a single home and you get everybody out safely, that home, that family's displaced. If you have an apartment fire, you're displacing many families. Yeah. Uh, the fire last Friday in Midvale displaced 85, including children. So, yeah, it has a huge impact on the community. So definitely something you want to start targeting is uh, trying to prevent those fires from happening. Yeah. In fact, uh, Deputy Fire Marshal DeVoke has kind of spearheaded a program we've had with high hazards on apartment buildings this past year. Dan? That's that's correct. Yeah, we had <clears throat> we went through and identified the apartments that uh, we would consider a high hazard that were a higher risk uh, and made those a priority to get out and get those inspected. Uh, and we just completed all the apartment inspections. In fact, we had just done... The one in Midvale. <laughs> but um, that same apartment, that same complex? apartment complex. Wow. Um, so and that's the main thing. Right. And as we were out doing inspections, um, we identified some issues. A lot of the issues, um, a lot of the cause of these fires would be barbecue grills or discarded smoking materials on the decks. And um, 
And so as we do these inspections and we meet with the management at these facilities, I mean, we're, we're wanting to point out, hey, these are a big problem for us. You want to make sure that, you know, you meet with your residents and identify if there's any any of the residents that have barbecue grills, um, discuss those dangers. And, and um, anyway, so it's just, it's just been good to get out and recognize some of that. Unfortunately, you know, we can't get into everybody's apartment um, to try and identify to make sure everybody's got smoke detectors and, and carbon monoxide detectors. But we've pointed that out to management that if they don't have it, they need to have that. And um, they've been very respect, uh, re- responsive uh, to the information we've given them. So um, that was good. I think that was beneficial for us to get out. So do you guys know a rough number of how many of these types of uh, apartment complexes we have in our jurisdiction? We have a lot of apartment complexes. In fact, we, you know, we just went, we had to take out the ones that, um, you know, were like the duplexes and fourplexes okay. and, and, you know, the smaller ones that we felt were more like a residence. We took those out and primarily tried to hit the two-story, three-story, um, the larger facilities that had, you know, um, above 12 units per building and, and get out and see those and make sure if they had fire systems that they were current with their certifications and they were all operational. And, um, but with that, after we took out all the small ones, we still ended up with about 65 complexes that we wow. have in our area. So it was good to get out and see those. And I don't know how long it's been since we've honestly been in and looked at these. So it was good for us to get out and, and identify some issues that, um, uh, that we came across a lot of those being, we didn't have uh, fire extinguishers in a lot of those. And a lot of those didn't have carbon monoxide detectors, but like I said, we were able to point that out to the management and they're getting that correct. So that will be beneficial. How receptive were the managers of these to having you come in and help work with them? There wasn't a problem. They're very receptive. Obviously they want to take care of their residents. So yeah, we didn't have any issues at all. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, um, you're going to be getting a new fire inspector. When, if the budget's approved. If the budget's approved, which, yeah. correct, we've got another month and a half or so of mm-hmm. that. Right. So, in addition, I know uh, one of yours is going back to the field. Yes. So, you could be hiring at least one, maybe two. Talk a little bit about what you're looking for in those positions and why somebody might want to consider that as a career. We're, yeah, uh, we had uh, one of our individuals uh, is going back out in the field, and uh, <clears throat> we're hoping to get a, a notice out in the next day or two. Uh, and I think they have a two-week uh, time period, and then we'll do some interviews. Um, the type of person that we're hoping to attract uh, is someone that's a, a, a real uh, people person. Because a lot of uh, what we do in prevention is about relationships because they deal with a lot of city officials uh, on a daily, a weekly basis, at least, if not a daily basis. They deal with architects and engineers. They deal with developers, very professional people. This person uh, will need a lot of tact, uh, will need to remain professional at all times because not everybody likes what you say sometimes. Uh, Some things in the code are going to cost money. But they're essential to the safety of the occupants of the building and, and also for our, our guys uh, responding. We need to make sure that they can get to where they need to be uh, with the access roads and those type of things, that they can have the tools they need 
the water supply they need from the hydrants, the fire department connections in the right place, all those other types of things to, to help them. And so uh, this individual will need to uh, uh, be adept at uh, gaining some real technical knowledge and skills because the code is very technical. Stuart really kind of uh, downplays the importance of what he does, and he does a really good job at it. But uh, when plans come in and he reviews them, he has to make sure that they meet the fire code and other national standards. And that information goes to the inspector who looks at the plans and then has to make sure that everything installed in that building is in accordance with those plans. So they have to understand uh, blueprints. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll teach them. We don't expect someone to know how to do all of that right off the bat. Yeah, of course. But uh, uh, we're looking for someone that's uh, very people-oriented and communicates very well. So that's who you're looking for. What can you tell the field would be um, a good reason to come in? What makes it appealing as a job or a career option? Well, when I came in, um, I didn't realize what I was going to be doing um, in here. You know, once I found out I was going to be meeting with developers and engineers and architects um, for, you know, single family homes all the way up to large commercial buildings um, the the technical side of that really appealed to me. Um, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to be part of that development team um, and put all this all these new buildings out there and make sure that everything's safe. Yeah, I would say back when I came in, I came into the division back in two thousand eight, and that was back when you know if you wanted to promote up to captain from the field level. You had to come in and do a couple years of service right. in the office, right? <clears throat> and I wasn't so sure, but it was an open uh, it was an open spot and it was an opportunity, and so I jumped in and um, and I've absolutely loved it. And I would agree with Stuart. I I like being involved with the cities. You know, we deal with um, everybody from their legal department to the planning department, the building department, business licensing the parks and recs folks. I mean, anything that goes on in the city, we're a part of that, right? No matter what kind of event or anything that they have that's going on, there's fire code related right. aspects to that, right? So all these different departments we deal with, <clears throat> there's always something new every day. Um, I've been in here now, this is my 13th year in the division and I'm still learning new stuff every day. So it's not a job that, you know, someone thinks they're going to come in for a, you know, want to come in for a year or two, um, you just can't learn the job in that time frame. I mean, there's a lot to learn. It's just a whole different avenue in the fire service. But um, I've actually, I've absolutely enjoyed doing the plan reviews. I like going out on site and meeting with the contractors, uh, meeting with the business owners, and um, working through. You know, I love it when problems come up. I like you know working through those problems and finding solutions for people, and and at the end of the day, getting a project that's code compliant and is safe and. And it's a win-win, you know, for everybody, for the city and for the residents and for us. Our inspectors are the only um, individuals that follow a project from concept to occupancy. You know, with our contract cities, planning and zoning, you know, begins the, you know, the process with, you know, plats and all that kind of stuff. And then the building department picks up and, and they handle their part and then business licensing gets involved towards the end for commercial. And we're the only entity that is present 
from beginning to end with one person. Um, so we get to see the whole, the whole scope of the project. That can be uh, really satisfying too. And Dan mentioned like solving problems. Uh, that's what we do. We, we're problem solvers. We help the economic development move forward in the most economical way possible, but yet assure the safety of the individuals as they enter that space and give our fire guys the tools they need. So for me, when I first went in, it was uh, I just enjoyed that interaction with the businesses, uh, finding out how they did things, how mm -hmm. they made things, how they got started, and then really kind of looking at it as a team effort for fire safety, not there as a person to lay the hammer down necessarily, uh, but somebody help someone to help them keep their business safe and help them be successful. So the, to me, that's been really satisfying. Now that makes sense. And you're hopefully they are customers that you're working with understand that, that you're really there to help because the last thing we want to see is any of their private, their property or their lives come in jeopardy due to lack of, taking the steps necessary to keep their place safe. Yeah, education's a big part of what we do. We we enforce the code and sometimes it's it's a tough pill for um, whomever to to swallow, but we try to educate people so they understand why we're doing it. And most of the time at the end of the day people are are satisfied. You know, it, along with enforcement education is a huge part of what we do. Yeah, once they understand the why and how it's going to help them. Uh, it's they actually, some of them I've found in my experience, they become part of the team and they start looking for things and, and, and understanding uh, different fire safety aspects in their building, you know, uh, keeping their shop cleaned up, uh, keeping the garbage empty, not stacking stuff near the furnace, those type of things. They actually become their own uh, inspector, so to speak. That makes sense. Well, in our last couple minutes, at the beginning, you mentioned something, and I meant to ask a question about it. You mentioned survey one, two, three, and I wrote a question mark. I don't know what that is. What is that? So survey one, two, three will be our new inspections program. <clears throat> our new, finally, it's finally, we're finally getting ready to roll out our digital inspections program. So the guys out in the field will be able to get away from the pen and paper and, oh, okay. and actually have the inspection reports on their tablet, much like we have with the medical reports. Um, everything will be able to be done on the tablet. They go in and do the inspection. It has all the violations on there. So they just have to check a box as they go through and get the business license or the business owner's information and stuff like that on there. And uh, then it automatically emails it out to the business owner and generates the report. It'll be nice. It's pretty, it's a pretty slick system. And what's the rollout plan for that? Well, at this point, we're still working kinks out of it, right? Oh, okay. So we don't have it exactly where we want it, but we're getting close. And um, and I don't know if we've actually established a timeline or a process for getting it out to the crews. But, you know, we've talked about having uh, two or three crews that would kind of take it and initially do a test run on it and make sure they're not finding it. You know, we've we've taken it. We've been playing with it now since December. Okay. And I, I feel pretty good about <clears throat> the fact that we've made the adjustments to it and we've worked out, you know, anything that was a major kink. And I, and I, I don't know that people are going to find any other problems with it. I think we've got it there, but we're trying to put together a dashboard, you know, so that when they're back at the station, you know, they can access it on the computer. And we're trying to put a dashboard together that makes sense for the guys in the field to utilize. 
But the program itself, the survey itself, I think we're ready to go. So we're just trying, trying to button some final things up before we run it out and start testing it with some crews. So it's close. It's close. Okay. It's the closest we've been in a decade, right? We've, we've had this, you know, we've been trying to push this forward for the last decade and it's finally, we're finally getting there. So it's exciting. Oh, that's good news. Well, Chief Larson, did we miss anything you wanted to hit? Um, no. Um, just anyone listening out there, if you like dealing with the public, if you like working with people, if you like uh, getting into some technical aspects, um, uh, please uh, consider coming into fire prevention. Uh, we've got an opening here pretty quick. When do you think it'll be listed? Uh, today or tomorrow, oh, I think. Real Pro- quick. Well, yeah, maybe not today, but maybe tomorrow or the next day. So so by the time this goes live, you can apply for this job. Yeah. All right. Yep. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Really appreciate it. It's good to touch base. I'm excited to do this again maybe in a year and see if you got it going, if you got Survey 123 out how it's been working and uh, tracking some of this growth we're seeing in our communities and how, how it works. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, for Cam DeVogue, I'm Niall Easton. This has been Fully Involved. Until next time. From the Salt Lake Valley, this has been Fully Involved. Follow Unified Fire on social media and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening.